The Fire Store, equipping protectors with passion. Every decision the Fire Store makes as a company is about its customers. As the holiday season has quickly approached, explore a wide selection of unique and practical gifts at the Fire Store's gift center. Find the perfect presence for firefighters, EMTs, and first responders today. The Fire Store's goal is to get you the gear you need when you need it at prices you can afford. Visit thefirestore.com for everything but the truck and shop its family of brands including Streamlight, MSA, Lion, Fleer, and more. Welcome back to another episode of Main Street Firefighting, a podcast by Fire Engineering. My name is Lex Shady and with me is my partner, Chris Tobin. Before we get started, we'd again like to thank Fire Engineering for the opportunity and you all for tuning in. Tonight we're joined by Battalion Chief Corley Moore with the Moore Fire Department in Oklahoma. Likely better known to all of you as the Firehouse Vigilance Guy, Corley utilizes his platform to fight complacency in the fire service, and we wanted to pick his brain on how he fights complacency related to understanding building construction. We always enjoy talking to Corley, and he handed out some awesome training nuggets you can easily implement with your crews. We hope you enjoy. Corley, thanks again for coming on. I know you're super busy with your own stuff, but we're excited for this conversation uh, tonight to be able to kind of pick your brain on... Uh, legacy building construction issues in a different aspect, maybe in an area that doesn't necessarily have them, but may have to respond and be good at working in them. So before we get started, uh, I'm pretty sure most of the fire service knows who you are, but can you give us a quick intro for those who may have not seen your stuff? Oh, thank you. Yeah, I'm excited to be here. Excited for the discussion. Uh, you guys heard my my reservations on talking about legacy buildings. We'll get into that. But no, I'm Corley Moore. Uh, I've been a firefighter with the Moore Fire Department, no relation, since 1997. Uh, currently a battalion chief in charge of C-Shift, the Green Shift. The And we don't have battalions per se, but they call us battalion chiefs because we just have the one battalion in our, in our, in our jurisdiction. The uh, Firehouse Vigilance I started in 2018, and it is my never-ending fight against complacency. And from that came the weekly scrap, and we just celebrated our... 220th episode awesome. of the weekly scrap so that's where most people know me from is the weekly scrap so i'm excited to be here and uh that's it that's me congrats that's a that's a lot of work i know what we have to do for this podcast i can't imagine doing the weekly stuff and the stuff you're putting out for the fire service is awesome i mean getting some of those voices out there that people don't necessarily get to hear unless they're able to travel to conferences you know that's a good opportunity for them so for us, speaking for the fire service, we really appreciate everything you're doing. But uh, so you talked a little bit about more, which is ironic, by the way. I think that's pretty cool. You work for a fire department in the same name. But uh, can you give us a little bit about your the culture of your department, maybe the building stock, uh, any kind of specific tactics you may use? What's your response like for a fire, that kind of thing? Sure thing. Uh, basically, more has been around 100 years, but really as a actual, it was a bedroom community that supported Tinker Air Force Base and, and the GM plant in the area uh, up until probably the 1980s. That's all it was, was just a bedroom community. It had very little Main Street. It had a Main Street, but it was very little uh, what you would call Main Street firefighting or, or buildings of any sort. Almost everything in it, I don't think it's unique. I think it's uh, probably, I would probably, I hate to put a percentage on it, but I think there's a quite a bit of percentage of jurisdictions, departments, cities that are like mine, that they've basically blown up since the 1960s. And uh, we don't have very many legacy buildings inside my uh, city limits. And our, our uh, we're 27 square miles, four stations, 75 line personnel, uh, about an 85 man apartment. So we're, we are what I call a slice of the American fire service. We're not, mm -hmm. we're not giant. We're not tiny. We're just kind of, and we, I would love to tell you we're job town and we just roll the fires all the time, but we don't. Mm -hmm. uh, that's why I say we are the American fire service. And, um, as far as a uh, response, residential fire, we get two engines, a ladder company. We have auto aid coming from Oklahoma city. You know, it's going to be delayed, but it's on its way. And that's our initial response, two engines, one ladder company, a battalion chief. And then on a commercial response, we just added an engine to that. Are you guys, and so, uh, fire only, or do you run EM EMS also? Meaning do you have transportation? No, we do not. We do not transport. It's private transport. Awesome. We run, of course, all the EMS calls and then, you know, stand around while they take the blood pressure and load <laughs> them up on the ambulance. Mm -hmm. Yep. No, that's awesome. And when, and when needed, and when needed, you know, we'll pound on a chest or, you know, when, when an actual emergency happens, we're there. Don't yeah. get me wrong. But yep. the vast majority is the what I call the EMS BS. Yep, absolutely. So um, talking about your main street for a little bit, 
uh, I'm going to make an assumption. It's kind of like most of the main streets. You might have like a, do you have like a town square or is it like a linear strip of buildings? Kind of describe that for us. I would say that to call it a main street and, and what most people think of is a misnomer. Okay. It is it, like there are many, many better examples of a main street. We don't have any taxpayers. Okay. Uh, it's a, it's a, it's a collection of strip malls. I, I don't even think any true masonry is left in, okay. in the downtown area. Cool. It, it is all type. If it is type three, it's tilt up, you know, that's been yeah, new, uh, renovated yeah. and, and uh, most of it's type five. Uh, and, and it's just, there's no residentials above any of the any of the storefronts or anything like that. So okay. it, it's and it and all of it almost all of it is one story. There may be a few two stories mixed in. Is a lot of your stuff one story there just because of your weather, like tornado stuff, or is that? Just I don't that... know if that if that played into it. I know okay. at one time they had an ordinance in the city that was just recently lifted that you could not have a building over three stories. In fact, the few, or over two stories, and the few three stories that we had were the exceptions, and everybody in town knew them. Oh. Now that's been lifted over the last, uh, I'd say, twenty years as we've gone through this boom growth. We went. I, I, I guess I could finish that part up. We went from this bedroom community, and we've completely transformed into a, a bedroom community that's most or mixed heavy big box retail okay uh and so that's what drives us now is we have hardly any industrial any industrial section and more and it is mainly bedroom and you're the shopping retail. center for the area yes cool. yes absolutely okay with i-35 running right down the middle okay so uh for the listeners you kind of um hit on this in the beginning but after describing your town that was when we called you and asked about legacy buildings you gave us your reservations about it you're like i don't right. have any right but you respond to them, right? In towns and area, if you're going mutual aid, you're gonna go. Your guys are gonna go to them, correct? Yes. So correct. that's why we wanted to pick your brain because not only did you describe the, you know, like we would say, like a typical American service fire department, but you're describing a typical American service fire response also. You know, some of these towns might have some of those taxpayer buildings. For those that you know don't remember, it's the commercial on the first floor, uh, apartments above. But they might have, you know, like a handful, like you said, but then they go to the next town over and they have them. And so that definitely makes this that, um, what is it? What's the saying? High risk, low frequency event yeah, for you yeah, guys, right? Yeah. So that's even more so why you need to train on them. So we're just going to jump right into it. How do you get your members even remotely interested in it when they're like, well, my first due doesn't have that? What do you do for that? Well, I think... I think that to say that I can get them interested in it, it would be misleading, but <laughs> I, that, that, that doesn't mean that the effort isn't there. Right, right. Uh, so, and I think a, a big part of it for me, and this is, you know, as I travel the country and I speak, people often ask me about tactics specifically. Mm -hmm. And I tell people, I don't teach on tactics because I'm spoiled. Um, I'm very spoiled in the fact that I live in Moore, Oklahoma. We, we deal with tornadoes. We have no basements. We're a mm -hmm. river bottom. So there's no basements here. Everything was built after 1960. We have no balloon fur ramp. Uh, I already mentioned the fact that we have no legacy buildings. So I'm very spoiled in my bread and butter tactics mm -hmm. until I leave my jurisdiction, of course. Right. And so, but I, I, to say all that, I don't say, I'm, I'm not shy of talking about the tactics we use. I'm very confident in our tactics and the tactics we train on. But the, there's so many people that are better out there to speak on uh, those things. And those are the people I go and listen to. Right. Now, I, I, I take notebooks upon notebooks upon notebooks and notes and bring them back. And we do a thing called tactics, uh, Tactical Tuesday, but we also uh, tactics talk. And my guys roll their eyes sometimes. Oh, here we go again. She's doing a tactics talk. And and at first I had big reservations about actually doing this, even in my own department, mm -hmm. because I didn't want to come across like, because they know me. They know we don't go to these buildings and these we're not burning down, you know, taxpayers or, or, or dealing with uh, 100-year-old commercial buildings that were built in the 1920s uh, or, or earlier. And so for me to come in there and say, here's the tactical considerations and these are all the things you should be thinking about, uh, I... I at first, I had massive reservations about saying, I've never done this, but I'm teaching you. Mm -hmm. But then I realized that's the reason I go to all these conferences. That's the reason I take all of these notes is so that I can come back and say, hey, this is what I learned. I didn't right. experience it yet. I'm not saying it like this is the the fight I had in a, at this bowling alley down there on, on 2nd Street. Right. You know, but this are the, the considerations we need to be thinking about as a crew when we go out there and train. These are the things we need to be thinking about and processing away. And so hopefully, in my mind at least, whenever we do have that low-frequency event, it's in the back of their mind. And they're saying, oh, yeah, on that tactics talk, we talked about, you know, this. 
or mm-hmm. insert whatever we whatever the the consideration was. It at least but gives as far them as a get, place to, to start. At least gives them a place to start, right? Like when they look at something, they can they can say that chief. Maybe they don't necessarily remember what it was exactly, but they're like chief pointed that out, and that was important. So I'm gonna right pay on. No, it's to like that. for a perfect example. The last one we did was it was fast food restaurants. Fast mm-hmm. food restaurants. I told them I said, here's my expectation on a fast food restaurant. Once we know that. The life hazard is taken care of in there, which is, is generally speaking, pretty easy to con- uh, find out. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a defensive fire. If we're fighting any sort of conditions inside, it's defensive. Unless we can walk in and put water on it, we're not doing any sort of interior ops on a, on a, on a fast food restaurant. Plain and simple. And I just wanted to set that expectation for it and, and put everybody on the same page. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And that's the same type of thing for other considerations. And hopefully, day of, that's, that's stuck in their brain. Absolutely. Um, have you guys uh, that you can remember responded to any memorable fires in older buildings, either in Moore or Mutual Lane? Man, I don't know if we've had any just this monstrously. We've done a lot of good auto aid fires down to Norman. Norman's our town to the south. And if you know, uh, follow college football, it's the college town. It's, it's okay. OU. And they've been around for quite some time and have a lot of old buildings. But I think most of especially the ones I've been involved in, have been their uh, apartment fires. And, okay. and it's and it's garden-style apartments with breezeways that yeah. have, that have uh, been the ones I remember and uh, file away. Those are, yeah, nothing, those are challenging nothing, enough. They can be. But nothing nothing specific as far as, uh, you know, uh, the the hundred year old the legacy mm-hmm. construed you know that's uh, but and and this was uh, I don't know if I made the point but I'll belabor it here which is that's the reason I don't teach tactics I teach mindset right. because mindset is really the key to whenever that low frequency high risk event comes up and so the mindset for me and my battalion my crews are I want them to take the basics and take them off the table I want them to be so good at the basics that whenever the low risk high frequency event does come up the the basics aren't eating up their bandwidth. You know, stretching hose, throwing ladders, flowing water are all things that we are so proficient at. Those things eat up no bandwidth, and you have you have so much more bandwidth left to start making decisions and, and making awesome. tactical. And it all starts with mindset. And that the mindset has to be, I'm going to be so good at these things so that it's not if, but when it is needed. Because it is low frequency. Mm-hmm. It is. When it is needed, we're going to be very good at it. So, and if you can get them into that mindset, you can you can throw almost anything at them and say, Let's work on this. Let's work on this. All right. So you hit on a couple of things. Um, for first off, you know your your big platform that you have uh, is based around complacency, right? That that was your that's kind absolutely of like your, that's your if you had a mission statement that I think would be in there somewhere. So yes, sir. Um, that kind of that's why you're the perfect guy for this episode, right? So um, we've we've been to numerous places that are are your that mirror your environment, right? It was the post World War II um, suburban blow up community, right? And um, it's always the same story as we don't fight fire in those buildings. And I go, I, you're right. You don't, but I, I bet you the postcard community next door to you does. And it's a college town and it's always the case. It's always a college town and they got old, old building stock. And then that's some automatic aid or mutual aid. So while there's a bunch of the fire service that has no premise of, of legacy firefighting in like a main street or just a type three taxpayer, um, I have yet to go to, to anywhere really. Uh, aside from like the Southwest, like way, way Southwest, or just like um, anywhere Oklahoma and East, I've never been to where someone just does not respond to those buildings in some form or fashion. You know what I mean? To where it's just like not, yes. it's not on, the, not on the table. It's not in the cards. Like it's the only thing that we're really talking about is frequency. In your case, it's it's a it's a it's a low frequency. Um, in, in in some others, it's a high frequency. And that's really the difference, not necessarily what's in your town and what isn't in your town. So, once again, like, that plays right into what, why does complacency happen? Well, it's generally frequency of the event. In this case, we're talking about something that um, a lot of your department doesn't get to do a lot of, but then all of a sudden, tomorrow, right. you, you yourself could be in control of one on a mutual aid. Um, your department could be sending a RIT team in on that on initial yes. aid so or or maybe just a- actually uh, numerous pieces and then you're going to be in the actual firefight and all sorts of stuff so so uh but once again like that that's why we really like to get your insight and perspective of um, places like yours to to see how how you you get the buy-in but i can also throw in my own experience from starting on, on a, a very small 
not, and your, your place isn't small, a much smaller place than, than your um, city and more, which, uh, yeah, they probably had a fire on Main Street once a decade, maybe once every two decades. Um, so that was the prevailing kind of, you know, why, why, why do we need to mess with those? You know, we kind of know all about them. Um, and then, so I, I've seen that. And then I've seen what happens when I've been on an apartment like that that has a fire in those buildings. Also, the biggest, most common one, um, kind of what we're talking about in this, this big complacency kind of mindset is departments that have automatic aid or mutual aid writ teams or fast teams that come from like the neighboring community over and they never get into the other community's buildings for walkthroughs. Right. Because so now all of a sudden you have, due to manpower, no one has enough of that, right? So all of a sudden now you yeah, have- everybody, Yeah, everybody's overflowing. Every, right. So now you're calling that, right. that writ team or whatever, that fast- team from the neighboring department who you know it's a separate kingdom and y'all don't gel together except on fires so and uh they they don't ever you don't ever train with them that's the point here like you never have them in your town to walk through your buildings and now all of a sudden that's your that's your writ team like how how terrible of an idea is that right so absolutely um when's the last time you know anyone went to someone else's community and did a walk through in someone else's buildings because if you go to them on fires, like it or not, those are your buildings. You know, mm-hmm. it doesn't no, matter. Right. It doesn't matter what what your the side of the truck says. You know, if you have a mutual aid agreement or automatic aid agreement, those are those are your buildings. So, um, and I think a lot of people, especially in in the volunteer communities, really really miss that. And um, unfortunately, it's a lot of egos that get in the way. You know, we oh, don't yeah. play, we don't oh, play yeah. at this department oh, yeah. well, and they don't like you know, and they'll they'll bypass departments to get other departments, and that's just at the end of the day, uh, yeah, no one wants to hear that when you know the suits and briefcases show up after a bad day. So you're so, not wrong. So kind of going on. And, and the worst part is, oh, sorry, no, go no, ahead, no. Flex. Go ahead, go ahead. No, I said even worse than the because what you're saying is absolutely 100 percent spot on. We have to get. Any place we could respond, we need to go get eyes on it, especially those target hazards, especially those ones that uh, we all know. We all drive past and say, wow, I hope that never burns, right, <laughs> right. When, you're, when you're just driving through your local communities. But uh, even worse is our own. I mean, I, I'm saying is, is that the problem is even systemic and endemic in the fact that it is so many places don't even do walkthroughs in their own districts, let alone – doing what's even necessary to in a, in a neighboring, if that makes, you know, Oh, no. I, so I, firmly we get that. My favorite, I firmly believe that my favorite excuse. I mean, I could have, a, I could have a list of my favorite one is, well, I grew up in this town. That, right. That's my right. favorite one. I'm like, man, I, awesome. I'm like, let's go to the building right now. And, and you're going to see what it's changed. It's changed as it, like you don't walk through it on a yearly basis. You have no idea. The candle shop is now a, now a florist. You know, or vice right. versa. Oh, by the way, they're making pottery in the basement now. I bet you didn't know about that kiln they stuck back there. You know, like everything, right? So, like, um, the fact that you've existed in a space uh, has no correlation to knowledge about Ab- specific absolutely. buildings. It just absolutely. does not. I'm telling you, uh, 20, whatever, 97 to now, like 27 years roughly, it, I've worked in more. I grew up in more. I know more. You know what I'm saying? If, if someone's going to make that excuse, it's me. And every time we do a walkthrough, uh, there is something I find out about the interior of a building where I'm like, I had no idea that this was this cut up. I had no idea there was this fire load. I had no idea they had right. done this to the interior. You, you know what? You know? I, I tell you what, man. One department I can throw out there is an awesome, amazing exception to the, the little stuff we're talking about would be uh, up in up in Oregon. Um, Astoria, Astoria, Oregon. Astoria, Oregon. Holy cow! That whole department might as they can be like certified historians. It was of those buildings. The and, level and, they so, knew. The that's awesome. But but check this out. If anyone knows anything about Astoria, Oregon, that town literally burned from the bottom up because they have a subterranean tunnel system underneath that town, and they have oh, wow. they have pre pre drilled um, nozzle pipe entrances in the floors of some of their buildings. So it's like a hydrant. Wow. It's not even like a hydrant. It's just a hole in the floor that they can pop a cap off of and insert the nozzle pipe down the Bresner distributor down into the into the buildings. So oh wow! The, so this is just in the culture of the entire city, yeah. the whole city. So so that's wow. why. And this is forever ago that these fires happened. And um, so uh, yeah, the city sits on top of a combustible labyrinth of tunnels. So if the fire department knows everything about that main street and the old buildings, which you, you, it's just crazy. So that was the one place where we were just like, wow, like these guys are definitely, they definitely got it going on. 
Um, we right, learned, we no, learned part way of their more from them is. about their buildings. Yeah. Yeah. It was a it was a very interesting experience because, like you said, normally you go and we'll do like a walkthrough type thing, and people will ask us questions, right. and sometimes we'll know. A lot of times we won't because stuff is so endemic to the area. There's so many unique things. But man, every time someone asks, if we didn't have an answer, one of the story guys would pop up and be like, "Oh yeah, this goes to this place. This was renovated in this year. They do that. You know, like they had an answer for every single question. It was impressive." It- and I mean, I think it just goes to show you, like, but the point where, like, the thing that they had that most cities don't was an element of destruction with fire, right? If that right. wasn't, that was a catalyst of, it, it kind of fostered a culture of, like, wow, this is important, you know, because, I mean, if you go back and look up the Astoria fire, I think there was two of them, actually. It, it's a, it should be a movie, you know, it, the uh, way the fires yeah. happened, yeah. So, so and, of- and that's, that's the thing about the fire service, we're so reactive, and I don't, I mean this, I mean this in a good way bad way i mean rick klasky talks about it quite a bit in the fact of uh knowing the history it's like all of us did fire drills in school when we were kids we never knew why you know we just all go stand out in the front yard and they say okay everybody go back you know what i'm saying Mm -hmm. and but you know that's everything like that is directly tied to a tragedy just like our lady of angels is the whole reason we have the school drills now yeah and and there's so many things like that some of them national wise you know the triangle shirtwaist factory or the yeah uh New York and and all the building code changes that came from it. We're very reactive when there's a tragedy, uh, and so that sounds like Astoria. It, it's a tragedy that stuck forever, yeah. but it's so localized that we need that mindset everywhere. So, kind of going yeah, off of that, what what do you do in your department for um, building construction? Do you guys get out and walk through your buildings or in the buildings of the neighboring towns? Kind of like training. How do you how do you build that mindset and that culture into more? Love it. Uh, great question. So, first of all, everything I do, I steal from people. Okay. So if you if you've caught my classes, I, I reference Lex and I call I, I message you and say, can I use this? And I use it in my reflexive readiness class, which is find the V, find the void. I love it. I absolutely think that's fantastic. You can teach someone who knows nothing about building construction and show them a picture and say, find the V, find the void. And that, how valuable is that? You know, especially for somebody who's never swung a hammer or turned a screwdriver. So I stole that and put it in one of my classes. And I and of course I have a picture of Lex and say this came from her. Uh, I have Chris's, uh, give me a high school football team, put him in some bunker gear, and I'll put out bread and butter all day long. I love that because I caught Dare to Save, you know, I don't know how many years ago, but that's in my 9Ls class. I love it because it talks about our citizens expect more than a high school football team showing up. Mm-hmm. And so all that being said, and I wanted to say that because I, I love you both, but all that being said, uh, Chief Eric Petaway out of Boston Fire, I've never met him, but I caught a Zoom class. It was just a Zoom call where he came in for somebody and 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 taught for 20, 30 minutes, whatever it was, just dropped some nuggets. And I and I just took my notes. But one of the things he said that stuck with me, and I put it in, I think every one of my classes in some way, shape, or form, I always have a picture of him and I always do a bad Boston accent when I do it. <laughs> but he said, if you want to know the number one way to take care of your crews, number one way to take care of your crews, make sure they know their jobs, make sure they know their district. Yeah. Right. And oh, I yeah. almost got to Jersey there, but not the point <laughs> uh, instead of Boston, but not the point. Uh, I love it because it stuck with me and I teach it everywhere I go. But in my own department, that that sparked us to do a thing is called My District Monday and My District Monday. And I, I won't go into the whole reason for naming things, certain conventions, but mainly it was for consistency because mm. we work three Mondays in a row on our schedule and then we'll be off for six Mondays mm. and then we'll come back and work three Mondays. It's a nine day schedule, California swing, yeah, but you couldn't do stuff. You couldn't do stuff like every Monday or every, you couldn't base it off the tour. It was just too, it was just piled up and you couldn't mm-hmm. get to everything. So the way we came up with this was just, is on the last Monday, it's called my district Monday. And basically what people had to do is go out and find a target hazard in their jurisdiction, in their district and do a walkthrough of it, and then come back and present it to the rest of the department. So it did two things. A, the first dude got eyes inside the building, went did a walkthrough measurements, hydrants, utilities, everything, uh, man traps, looking at the construction on the inside, seeing if it's cut up, seeing the fire load, all that stuff was benefit. But not only that, man, they took picture. I, I, I'll get into how, how good it got. The, they uh, Then they come back, and by proxy, everybody else, they had to do a presentation on it. And it didn't have to be fancy. It could just be slides showing it, Google Earth showing the layout and talking about here's what first new consideration, second, you know, different considerations for it. It was it was very, very well received. The the best part is, especially the young tech savvy mm-hmm. members of the department, those they, they started putting drones in the air. They started oh, doing awesome. uh, things where they'd go in and take pictures and then they'd have like the floor plan here and then the picture beside it and they'd have the arrow showing where the picture was being taken from. Wow. It, they they got they got so fancy with it because it became a competition <laughs> on who could do the best one. Uh, 
one of the big things we did was we actually moved through so many buildings and it's great man we have this like this library of that we actually went away from my district monday because we were starting to do stuff like uh not that it's a bad thing but we were just going to 7-eleven because we run out of target hazards that needed to get eyes inside mm -hmm. now we need to revisit it because of course as you know things get renovated occupancy change all that sort of stuff but it was very well received and the and the competition factor was a healthy one mm -hmm. and but the crew got hands-on experience with the building they're going to be responding to and then all the other crews the second do third do fourth do all got it by proxy through the presentation and we would do four of these uh, every my district monday because each station had to present one that day and it, it was phenomenal it was really good now we switched to from my district monday we're still doing my district monday but we're no longer doing the presentations because we're put that on pause uh, and we'll revisit it but now we're doing more driver or district familiarization and looking at uh basically documenting bars on windows and going to bedroom communities right now mm -hmm. and trying to estimate the stretch based off our pre-connect how far awesome. should we pull past this building to estimate the stretch uh, based on the floor plan because once you do you know i'm sure st louis is much the same most of the build uh, bedroom communities are once you know one floor plan two floor plans maybe three yeah uh, mm -hmm. you know the whole neighborhood especially the square footage yeah sure and yes. so those things are very very uh popular and it gives the company officer something to do and they're racking their brain trying to figure out what can i do today hey let's go do my district monday stuff so we're ready when it comes around yeah so you hit on something with floor plans and, and those kind of man get a Get up information on, on the developer. Get, get a hold of the developer and go, hey, give me a, a give me a list of your, your floor plans. What people like what are the options when you buy into this um, neighborhood? What are, what are your floor plan layouts? And then there you go. Like you'll have all of them right there in like a professional, you know, and then all right, I never here's, even here's thought option, about that with the brand, new, the brand new ones. You know, yeah. yeah. Um but in anyways, also a couple things you said, I mean, uh, man, you are definitely the the rare exception on just departments that first of all you have you're not overburdened with with non-fire stuff i just going on base what i what i just heard i mean i'm i'm hearing that you guys actually utilize your time very well and you're not you're not letting it run away from you like some places which if you have the opportunity to do like what you're doing that's amazing that is that is awesome because the buildings are always there right i think about all the the departments or all the places where you just got firemen sitting in the in the firehouse not doing anything and then not now they're now they got to mow grass or now they got to go relay concrete out for you know the parking lot or now they're on the roof installing dish network stuff because they're trying to you know the, the board's on them to try to keep them busy keep like, them busy yeah you know, no and I, I and i and i preach this chris and this is something i want to say on this podcast so people can hear it we got to get away from a culture of busyness and yeah. we have to foster a culture of readiness oh absolutely, we, we absolutely. Need, yeah um, I mean, that, that was my my first couple years in, in the fire service on a smaller town department. Was was it was eight to five was busy time, busy busy yep. busy. Go mow grass. Go, you know. I mean, and, and the buildings are always there, right? So like, man, it sounds like you guys have really done great things with with what you're doing, with getting them out and using the buildings to kind of keep the, the the mission mindset on the firefighting. And then you know you do get a lot of crossover benefit for the other non fire related calls. Um, and whether oh, it's, yeah. whether it's hazmat, now you probably know where the gas and electric shutoffs are, um, or whether it's EMS, well now you probably know um, where some cer certain entrances are better or not for stretchers, uh, rear, front, that kind of stuff, right? Um, there's a, everything you can get out of a building. You squeeze that information out of that community with that building stock. Um, there's just so much you take away, and you never waste a run, right? I, I like how we. And it, yeah, that's it, man. Never waste a run. And that mindset, that yeah. mindset, man. Yeah. Again. Go ahead. And no, no, it sounds like you, you kind of hit <laughs> Get me on, fired up. You know, you kind of hit on it before, um, you know, the uh, the EMS calls where, you know, we're just you know, basically waiting for the ambulance to get there. Um, man, like, on, my crew already knows, like, I'm, once the stuff stabilized, you know, I, I ride with a crew of six. I know I'm spoiled, but, like, I'm out, I'm looking at the building across the street, the building to the right, the left. I already kind of walked around the building we're already in, if I can, you know, so, like. But after the call is over, I'll come back, and before we get on the truck, if I find something cool, I go, hey, fellas, check this out. You know, hey, yes. look, there's squatters getting in this over here. Hey, have you ever seen this? Or like, so, yeah, I, we, unless it's 3 in the morning, we all just need to, you know, go right, back to right. sleep. No, absolutely. There's a time um, and a place if you sure. want to buy in. But, uh, yeah, absolutely, <laughs> just, just talking about, like, utilizing the runs. Even the EMS runs is, is fire-related information. Recon. It's all recon. I mean, there's no other it. time that you're in in these houses, especially the residential component. 
other than the EMS runs or, you know, mm-hmm. if you guys put in fire alarms, right? That's the other big thing. Like, we put in the smoke detectors. And some guys complain about going in, but I'm like, it's the opportunity to get in the building. Like, yeah, it might be yes. annoying to go hang up the smoke detector for someone, but you're in the building and you can look at the layout and see if there's anything funky about it. Because we have a lot of the yes. older buildings that are starting to get the, the renovations, the layouts are different. So we think we know what it looks like until you get inside. And that's the opportunity yeah, that, for that. And someone decided to throw up a, a party wall or just it's just a wall that has no business being anywhere inside of something that doesn't meet code, doesn't, yeah. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. unless you've been in there, you won't know what's there. And that's the other thing too is like, man, if you have that department that has, um, it's a it's a smaller department with a um, fire-based EMS and, and those crews are just getting smashed every day. You know, like the, the fire trucks running one or two and the ambulances are running 10 or 12. Like them, right. the ambulance crews, think about what they do it's not EMS that they do more. What they do is they're inside someone's house more. So those right. are your scouts. Those that's who you really want to talk to when you're like, tell me about some, tell me about this part of town or the demographic shifts. You know the social economic behaviors. Are you starting to see daisy chaining? You know, um, uh, as in like a, you know cords under carpets and stuff. You got an influx of immigrants all of a sudden in this part of town. Like you're going to start right. seeing. You're gonna, those are the crews you need to start using for your for your building stuff instead of just running them ragged on an ambulance and just saying oh well they're lesser than firemen because they're not going in fires but what they are going in more than anyone else in the apartment is people's houses and those are the ones yeah, that we can't we just don't show up to them and be like let's do a pre-plan of this house that's not how that works so right no man, they're, they're they're the ones who see more of the battlefield than anybody absolutely well, so you have to utilize them and the other i mean you said it in the very beginning like what do we do most of the time emsbs right so i'm not mm-hmm. saying and he's not saying that when you're on an ems call you don't pay attention to your patient no no absolutely but not. Let's take care be, of the issue but let's be honest you can most of the time fully pay attention to the base to the patient and pay attention to the house it does, right. Most of the time, you one of the person is talking to the patient. The other person can do it a quick look around the house and see if there's anything worth noting to go back and tell the fire. Yeah, crew. it's just capitalizing on the situation. And you know, obviously, if it's Absolutely. a if it's a low if it's a um, a, a low uh, I don't know tier EMS run, I'll talk to the homeowner. Hey, I noticed right. that this I this why no this is weird for this house. Is this why do those stairs look that way? Why do these is this normal for you guys? All your doors open the opposite direction. Right. Like, why does the door swing inward towards the basement? You know, like stuff like that. I'll, I'll ask if I find weird things. I definitely in more times than not, as long as you did a good job at the EMS call, they're more than happy to tell you about their house. Especially when you tell them, I would like to know this information. So if this place ever is on fire, this is in your best interest. Right. No, I'm telling you, there is there is crazy stuff you will find. Just recently, we went on a medical call and I was not on the call, but they came back and told me I actually went back to the homeowners to see it. But they built uh, they basically took half their garage and converted it. So the front half was just like a storage area that looked like a garage from the outside. Uh And then then they had a room that was the only way to access it was from the living room. But they built a bookcase that swung out from the wall. Oh, Oh, yeah. Yeah, right. hidden room. You would never be able to find that no. in the search if no. you didn't know it was there. I mean, there's no, it, it's it wasn't possible. Yeah, like you I, would just find a bookcase. I uh, I had a friend in high school that had one of those, and behind it was an entire theater room with like a vaulted ceiling. And you would have never, like, you went down in their basement, you would never know it was back there. I can't imagine trying to find that if there was a fire. Right. But right. Uh, low visibility and just oh, yeah, here's a bookcase. Let's move good on. Good luck. Yeah, pull the bookcase out. It's um, not the garage isn't converted because the front doors were still on it. Right. You know? So yeah, yeah, you would never know. Right. Um, so kind of keep going off of this. Um, what are some specific issues you've seen in regards to training related to building construction? You know, maybe not necessarily the legacy, but just kind of in general, um, especially with recruits and maybe some new people on your department. What are some issues you've seen and maybe what are some things that you guys have tried to do to overcome those? So, and phenomenal question because it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a problem facing the entire fire service. And that's who we're hiring now, which is not, this is not a knock on, this isn't a, this is an attack on generations. That's not what this is. But my son is two years on Oklahoma city uh, and he is the new generation and he didn't grow up doing construction. Like I did. He just didn't uh, even our, even our lawnmower, he grew up starting by pulling the handle and punching the button because it was a battery powered lawnmower. Right. And we had a, we had a small yard and that's what we had. And so he never really pull started any tools, which, and that, I mean, we are hiring people now who've never swung a hammer, never turned a screwdriver, uh, never pulled wire, never slung tile, never hung sheetrock. It never framed a house, never roofed a house. And that's not a knock. That was just what that, that used to be where we hired from as, right. as a, as a general rule, the blue collar trades is where we used to hire from. But that's not where our 
standard firefighter stock is coming from now. And so the biggest issue is just a lack of general knowledge of how things are put together and how they function. Mm-hmm. And that's not a knock on them. That's not a knock. It's just not valued in society as much as it used to be. Yeah, And so, that, so that's a shift in societal values. Sure, yeah. I mean, and you, you just explained, I don't think there's anyone in the fire service that, that doesn't have that, I don't know if it's called a problem, but it just doesn't have that um, environment. Challenge. It's a challenge. Yeah, that yeah. burden kind of going on. So... So I, I guess now, do you, do you think that the way um, building instruction is is uh, modeled for education, especially in like the new member or the fire academies, we'll call it like the, the red books or whatever, do you think that's mo- do you think that's an antiquated model because that was designed for teaching people like you and I in our generation? Right. That's not who the message hasn't changed, but the target yes. audience has changed, right? They don't even grasp. So now, what would be considered, you know, um, basic elements? of building instruction to me and you are, are now way over the way over their heads. So I don't know, maybe they dial it back even more. I'm not really sure how you do that. I um, mean, he's asking you this, but I can kind of answer it from my point of view. I, you know, am a little older, you know, I'm in my thirties. I'm not the Gen X or whatever. I'm not the news people coming in, but I had no idea about building construction, right? So I got that red textbook and I think my version still actually had the word rafter in it, but I had no idea what that was. Right. And so I think, I mean, to answer my point of the question, I think it is antiquated because I know people who know way less. They don't even know. They don't even understand what drywall is. They just walk in the room and see their wall is painted. They don't know what it's called. So how do we expect them to learn anything when we're not actually you have to you have to dive into what a building is and t- talk about all the parts. No, no, to become an expert, absolutely, you are absolutely. I correct. think to even understand for that our you, level, that blows my mind, Lex, that you were ignorant no of building. I figured you were always into. No, it. I had no idea. No. Um, my very. I figured first... you had like a carpenter father nope. or something nope. that made you go along uh, on jobs. I had my very first fire. I was doing a search, and there was fire where I had no idea why it was there, or how it got there, and I was, I was, it was a basement fire, and I was above it, and I was like, huh. I should probably understand how that works so I don't get myself in a jam. And then I just started studying, right? And then I like it, and it was a subject that was easy to talk about and I thought was important. And at the time, there wasn't a lot of people talking about it. And I've always worked in an area where there's older buildings, so that's kind of where it took off from there. But, yeah, I had no idea. So I can totally say that I think the way we teach building construction is antiquated for the newer generation coming in because I know some of them know less than I did. And I didn't know very right. much. Yeah, I mean, the big no, no. Thing, and I think, go ahead, Chris. I'm sorry. The, the big thing is, too, just going back um, is, man, it is like, give me a building instruction book that won't put you to sleep. That's you know? it. I was like, going to bring up the point. Boring. Man, I mean, man, yeah. it is boring. Yeah. All of them. So dry. So, so dry. dry. And until you give them a reason of, like, man, this is really important. Um, I, I'm not really, that's just straight up freaking education psychology, right? Like if you're not, if you're not solving a problem or understanding why this is important to them, dude, it's going to be a tough buy-in, you know, and they're, they're, they might hear the first 17 words out of your mouth, but they're not going to hear the next hour, you know, after that, they're going to be checked out. Um, not to mention we're, t- we have to talk about attention spans here too. So, right. um, I don't know if you, no, and, and, yeah. I, I mean, I don't know if it needs to turn into like some like building instruction, like Instagram version. Or some like I don't know what needs to happen, but man, it, it's it's going to be a tough, tough challenge because now the candles burn on both ends, right? We have right, a right. generation that doesn't need to know why they need to know this stuff, and and one that can't stay focused long enough to learn anything. <laughs> so, and and the two pillars of the fire service, I don't think anybody ever argues this is understanding fire behavior and then understanding building construction. Those two things are so important to understand where the fire's at, where it's going, big, and big what's going to happen next. What's funny and, is that I think that the people understand that and yet we're still not studying that oh oh i mean you know what i mean like everybody knows that but we're not that's not what we're studying because it's not flashy go to any conference right now and then look and see what rooms are full and what rooms are empty and it's going to blow your mind and you'll see the you'll start to connect the dots and go yeah wow like um people are making a choice to to take the edutainment and not the thing that maybe will, will save them or someone else's lives one day you know, no, um, yeah, and I, I, you know, does art imitate life? Does life imitate art? And that whole that whole question of of with the chicken and the egg, but it's definitely a problem. No matter what, it kind of full circle back to Astoria or Our Lady of Angels. And I love Jay Bonifield. I love Aaron Fields. I love them both. And both of them talk about the moment they had when they when they were in a fire, and the stuff that they'd been taught didn't work. Oh yeah, and that. That was what born, you know, for Aaron Fields. He that's what that was the birth of Nozzle Ford eventually. That was him digging in and saying, hey, this stuff didn't work. But that's the Astoria moment, that massive fire back in back sure. in history or that 
that Our Lady of uh, Angels, and and now we have, you know, but most people don't have that moment. And Lex had hers above a basement going, maybe I should understand this. Maybe she wasn't jammed up and in a life or death situation, but you had that epiphany and that changed the course of your your career. Most people never get that moment. And so how do we, how do we combat that and get that mindset to where we need to understand this stuff? And to your point about the Instagram teaching, I think there's, I think there's a lot of, uh, value in that i think that we have to get away we almost have to get you know everybody says start with why start with why i think you got to like get back behind building construction and say start with the purpose Uh like what is the purpose of a building why do we build them the way we build them once you understand the why the building is built that way then you can start getting into the different nuances of this is you know metal studs versus wood studs versus tilt up versus old school masonry and what the differences is Mm -hmm. because back then they couldn't do it this way yeah. So that's the reason, but, but ultimately it's the purpose of a building, you know, what is the purpose? Sure. And if you get into their heads, you know, uh, the purpose is just to stand up. That's the whole purpose. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, and gravity and fire are trying to make it not do that. Yeah. Uh, when yeah, we're I mean, there on everything fire, you see on a building is doing one or two things, right? It's holding something up or holding something out. That's it. Yep. Well, I mean, everything else, I mean, other than the paint on the walls, you know, it's either holding yes. something up or it's holding something out. You know, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a shingle, a siding, and then everything else is a structural member. Doing so so do you think And that... the people who are building them are trying to do it as cheaply as possible. Oh, right. absolutely. Absolutely. They're not, and, and oh. I hate the saying that, like, they're out there trying to kill you. They're not. They're really, like. They're not. They're no. not. But they also, I mean, the world we live in, everything's expensive. So they have to make right. it as affordable as possible. They're not doing and fire it isn't purpose. the primary consideration no, when they're doing yeah, it. They're, it's, it's a hassle they have to put up with. Yeah, they're 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 concerned. Oh, I got to meet code. Yeah, know? keeping the rain out and the walls standing together. That that's their concern. But um, yes. So kind of going off all of this, you know, we're talking about how building construction is so local, right? So maybe that's yes. where, and you know, the fire service maybe doesn't want to hear it, but maybe we need to take the burden off of the fire academy, especially if there's not a local one to your department, and the department itself needs to take accountability for the building construction for their members because they have to teach what's endemic to their area. Like you hammering in old buildings isn't necessarily super useful for you. Useful for you to a point, but not a ton. Where my district, I don't have a whole, we have a few new buildings, a new um, shopping center, a a Costco, right? But 95% of my buildings are old buildings. Right. So I need to talk and about you, that. Yeah. If I focused on old buildings, I would lose buy-in very rapidly on, right. on the attention spans of, so, the, of the younger. So kind of uh, going, not, the, not just the new people. In, gen- not younger, well, in, in general. Yeah. yeah. I mean, even your old guys aren't going to want to listen. The to people it. I'm trying to teach. I should yeah. Say. So yeah. kind of going back to the original question when we started this, what do you guys do for your building construction training? Man, uh, initially in our, we have, we have an academy in the city mm-hmm. and they, there is, there is a day where our, our training chief drives around with them and shows them, uh, especially stuff we've had big burns on before we had, a, we had a pretty massive church fire, but they tore it down, but they take them to the site where the new church has been built mm-hmm. and, uh, they walk them through it. And and then they also go to, we had a, we had a pretty good strip mall that they got away from us, wind driven event, uh, and it had a lot of pretty pictures with a lot of orange stuff. And, <laughs> uh, but they go there and they do that, but then that, that they take them to the different sections of our city that were, that kind of grew up in different eras. Mm-hmm. And they talk about, and by eras, I mean, since the 1960s. So please bear, we have our, we have our 800 foot, uh, you know, Fox boxes that are just stacked up. <laughs> yeah. And then you got your more, you know, you move on into the nineties and the getting into the 1500 or 2,500 square foot neighborhoods. So when I say eras, I don't mean classically speaking yeah. eras. So, so right. you just but, hit on, you just hit on uh, an architectural fingerprint or an endemic kind of characteristic which you just said the word fox boxes right um, i was gonna ask about that i guarantee you nobody done. nobody outside texas and oklahoma will know what you just said there what if so gotcha. which is which no, that's, goes, a, that's a solid point it goes to show you like man the, the just the architectural fingerprint it, it changes it's so endemic man i mean it, and every place has one i don't care where you're at every town in this country has something that is unique about its buildings and and you and until you go and start really looking at all these you know have something to reference right and compare you don't you can't see them and then all of a sudden if you see enough of them they start sticking out at you and you're like whoa this whole right. town has second floor balconies everything that's weird you know i mean so why and the next question is like why is that you know well that would affect right. a couple things like laddering and all you know so um but i'm just using that as an example but back to your your jargon there that is not only um that that's more than just an element on a building that's that's a, a term 
right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So um, just just as endemic as you know Boston's or, or New England's triple deckers. So yeah, um, and that stuff right there you got to find and capitalize on. You know that that kind of thing right there. Hey, you know y- younger people new to the fire service. This is what's in our area that most people don't have that we do have, and and this is why you need to know about that because you no, know, this is this is kind of where we have the uniqueness that we need to kind of specialize on what, what that fox box is those types of homes and then what does the future look like for anyone living in one of those so right on no and and, and I, i'm with lex the the current teaching model is antiquated just on so many levels but especially when it comes to building construction and then chris hit on it beautifully when he said i can't think of any maybe hazmat might be more boring subject yeah. Uh, yeah. than building construction. I, I, I'm not, I'm not, I know you guys are building construction gurus, so to, please don't take offense. Oh, oh not at all. Dry. We fully admit it's boring. But that's why you have to make it immersive. about loads and impact loads no, and snow loads and wind it's loads. Ter- and like, it's terrible. I, I, enough with the loads. Yeah, yeah, right. And um, yeah, I mean, like, it's so, so boring. It's so hard to remember, yes. but you have to immerse them. And, and it sounds like that's what you're doing. When, when you have your, your members on duty flying drones above buildings, man, it's no, like, think about it, like that you've now injected an element of entertainment into the learning, which is great, you know, on the front end. I'm right? telling you, those kids, those kids with the tech, the tech, I mean, they're impressive when they get, when they get their, their, their fire lit, they, they're impressive with what they can do. Yeah. You can unleash their creativity. Man, and when you know, they're happy to, when they're happy to learn like that, I mean, just look, look at the product is produced. That's freaking awesome. Right. And they're going to remember it. Yeah. And they're going to remember it. It's not going to just be some pre-planned Xerox into a, a binder on the truck. Remember everyone used to have the pre-planned, the binders. That, oh yeah. That oh nev- yeah. Never open, never would ever be opened up again. You know, as if like they were just going to, the chief was going to show up and open it up on the buggy. Magically. Like, look, start, yeah. <laughs> like, what are we, we doing green here? Sheets we yeah. had to fill out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Like, what are we doing well, And I like what you said about you take one truck and you send it to the building because i i'm sure we can all say we've been a part of where you have multiple apparatus doing a walkthrough and what happens is like maybe the first crew with whoever is walking you through the building gets the information and pays attention and every other truck is walking in the back talking about the football game yeah Yeah, you know (laughs) screwing around disappearing in a hallway but they're not paying attention right so wait but what you guys have done is you've instilled, they have to invest not only their time to learn for themselves, but they better do a good job because they're in charge of teaching everyone else. And I really like that idea. Yeah, that puts them on the spot. No, I, you know? I mean, if you want to bust someone's ego, you put them in front of a room. Yeah. You know? <laughs> no, and there's nervous. Like, and different. It's fun to see different company officers handle it in different ways. Sometimes a company officer gets up and he does the presentation and he gets his crew to buy in. You know, some of the better leaders. And some of the company officers are like, no, the lowest guy's doing it. You're going to get up there and do it. And it's just, it, it, there's no, I'm not saying there's a right way or a wrong way. I think each one has its benefits and its yeah. drawbacks. You know, sure. there's always a dichotomy, but it's fun to see. And and the ownership is really powerful. And don't get me wrong. I've got a lot of goofy ideas that don't work. Mm-hmm. And I try, I mean, that's why I say my crew's, no, they got me. They're like, they're rolling their eyes. Like, okay, here goes Chief Moore with another goofy idea. No, uh, that's, and so that's... please, but that one, the My District Monday was a very, very successful project. I like and, that a lot. Uh, yeah, I, I want to, I'd have to go back and look at the folder because we, took them all and we put them on the server mm-hmm. uh the city server so that any crews on any shift could go and access them gotcha. uh, not just my shift and my That's battalion cool. yeah i mean it sounds like you need to do yeah. a class called making construction cool again <laughs> you know just i don't about- know about i don't I, that's that's a big that's a i actually have a it's in the reflex of readiness it's where the find the v find the void okay. has been plugged in but it's a I, I was going to make a it was called a I think it was called Sex and Drugs and Building Construction. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. That was gonna be that yeah. was gonna be the name of the so- uh, class. And the very first slide was like, "There's no sex. There's no drugs. There's just a whole bunch of nerdy <laughs> building construction." And that's, and that's where the. It, it, but I, I just I'm not a subject matter expert on it. I like the slides I use. In fact, I took what I built, and it's in my reflexive readiness class. And it's mm-hmm. where I plugged in your find the V, find the void bit. Uh-huh. Uh, but anyway, anyway, I, I, I am a I nerd mean, for so- it. I mean, you keep so. Here's the thing, man. It's like we, we're not engineers. We don't have degrees in architecture. We didn't go to trade school, and we talk about a, a niche in the building um, construction subject that is, it's almost if you, if you think you're just going to be an expert at looking at a, a 120 year old enigma of of a building that's changed 19 times. Yeah, and, and 18, of, yeah. 18 of those times you have no idea how it changed. Like that, we we say I don't know more than we say we know when it comes to what we're looking at because it's a da vinci code you know like yeah. it's, no, it's so we, we are like the farthest from experts at at these older buildings like, well, and like we've picked up on some nuances we've picked up on some some patterns some trends and um we've definitely done a lot of research 
But other than that, like it's always there's always a decent amount of the pie graph that is an unknown, and that no one right can on. no one no one can know that is is alive today because it's just a weird artifact in in the environment. Well, and we tell people all the time like no one cares what the actual weight load of you know yeah. a wall or right. a beam right. or a yeah. column right. is no one cares right no. like there's some engineer and there's some instructor out there that knows it all and they care and that's fantastic i have other things that i need to put in my brain other than that because i don't need it on a fire right we teach right. fireman love firemanship level building instruction we teach what you need to know at a fire and how to react to it if it's on fire or if there's a fire near it or whatever. That's what we talk about. So we're, de- like you said, we're definitely not experts by any means. There's people that know way more about it than we do, but we just do the street level because that's what that's what people need. They don't need the extra. That's just fun knowledge, right? That's not necessary. Right. Yeah, I mean, but yeah, you guys are, need... I want you to know this. You guys are the experts. I really <laughs> mean that. Oh, no, no. So, I mean, that, but... that, whether that's a scary, th- a scary fact, but, or yeah, a, a I think we just I mean, got you should fooled. Be, that's all. Yeah, yeah. We just, yeah <laughs> you should I mean, be proud of it. And that's I mean, very like, much any, so. Anyone can be where we're at. I'm like anyone. It does. It just takes research time right. and, a, and a lot of hours walking down. Like I said, like there is. We we try not to fly. Uh, we drive. Is anything under ten hours? We stop every every oh, wow, so yeah. and, 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 and then to look at the main streets and to study to take pictures. Um, and then that's how we start to pick up on patterns and stuff. Because if you're not if you're not comparing 20, 20 main streets to each other, you're never going to pick out the nuances, and and that's that's and, where we've really started to capitalize on some stuff that's just not in the books. And right? it's funny because there's there's a no, couple a couple routes that we go on uh, pretty consistently back like back and forth to Ohio. We do quite a few conferences and stuff out there, and so there's some of the towns that we stop in consistently. Like every year, we you know we stop in the same town and get coffee, and every year we notice something different about that town, right? But the only reason we even notice it is because we're paying attention. Right. We're taking 10 extra minutes to just look around. This is like a deliberate, paying attention to building construction is a deliberate thing, right? You have to put in a little bit of effort to just take in your environment. But then once, very you, intentional. once you, yeah, but once you start doing it, it gets very easy. But, you know, the beginning is hard because you may not know what you're looking at. But once you start picking it out, then it gets easier every time. And like you said, then you start picking up the nuances of one city to another because you've done it so much that it's just like second right. nature. Yeah, so, so and then is then you jump out to, uh, say, we go from one coast to another. We'll jump from, like, a place out in, like, uh, Pennsylvania or something. Well, we just New did York. it this year. We were in Virginia one month, so and the Virginia, next month we and were in uh, Oregon. Oregon. Yeah, so and then, and then you really get to see, you're like, whoa, like, if people knew how far apart and different these – there, this is, these are two main streets, but they, I mean, like, obviously, the Pacific Northwest, every, almost everything's wood, very little brick. You know, right. opposite end of the spectrum over here in Virginia, right? Now we got hurricanes and stuff like that, and the buildings are you know, a lot of masonry, not so much wood. Um, but we get, yeah, like, having to be able to see that in the same, you know, seven days period, and to take pictures and compare them. Um, but it all takes practice, right? And then... Right. It's not going to happen on accident. No. no. So, but I mean, anyone can do this on a, on a small level and anyone that travels around can just do this. You know, like we never right. turn the fire switch off. Like we, we never, it, we never check, we never punch out, you know, like you might not be at work, but man, everything we look at, even when we're just on our day off buying a Christmas tree or something, like we look at all the buildings as, as if they're on fire, they're just not burning yet. You know, and right. it, it does. And that, that just never goes away. And I think most firemen, even yourself are like that. You know, whether yes. they realize or not, but they just are. I think most firemen walk into a building and they size it up in their head and they don't even know they're doing it, which is a good place to be, in my opinion. Yeah, I think that's where you, where no, you without want a doubt. to be. So you've kind of answered and, some of our questions on uh, training and stuff, but um, what uh, what are some things regarding, like, safety culture? Do you see, and maybe it's not an issue in your area, but um, regarding kind of the safety hands-off um, buildings mindset. Do you see that being an issue with some building construction stuff? This may be more I think related it, to legacy buildings, and but do you see that an issue in your area? Well, I think we've touched on it a little bit with just the why would I need to do that? I grew up here type complacency. I think complacency mm-hmm. is the number one problem in the American Fire Service, be it oh, in regards God. to training, in regards to uh, uh, realistic training, Education. I'm trying to think of the right word to use. Education mm-hmm. and staying up to up to speed on what the, the latest information is. Or if we're talking about building construction, just if even if you said, "Man, I know all about. I, I built that building 30 years ago." Man, it's yeah. it's staying up to speed on what is it being used for now and what's changed since it was built. Right. 
and it really is the it's complacency i I hate to sound like a broken record but that really is the problem of when people say well we've always done it this way or uh, why would i need to do that it's it's the same thing as saying why would i need to stretch a pre-connect i've done it a hundred times oh Oh, man (laughs) yeah Yeah. Yep. No. It's the it's the complacency. So it really, and for me, it goes right back to, and I hate, like I said, broken record, but uh, mindset. If you can, if you can, and, and the power of language, man, is so 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 important. And I wish more people Absolutely. understood how powerful language is. And that's why um, I love find the v, find the void. I love dare to save mm-hmm. uh, because it's language and it's mm-hmm. powerful and it conveys the message like instantly what you're talking about. And language is powerful. We have a mantra on C shift, and it's start call smooth finish call strong. And I actually, for Christmas one year, I bought everybody a Taylor's 10 that said green shift 2021, uh, start call smooth, finish call strong. Hey, great, great, awesome. great company, by the way. Yeah. Fantastic company. Love that. Love it. Uh, <laughs> don't know if I can even mention Taylor's 10s, but not to point. Yeah. You can't. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. We love okay. them. Yep. Good dude. But, but they, uh, every one of them got it. And we, it, we can't wear them on our helmets. It's not allowed. It's against policy or whatever. But I gave everybody one to keep forever because I want them to remember that year and how magical that year was. That's the year we started the My District Mondays mm-hmm. and all that stuff. But the start call smooth. It's important language because what does it mean? What does it mean to be smooth? Smooth is fast, you know, yeah, but you have to be smooth first, not just flying around like a chicken with your head cut off. And so getting to the rig, getting to the rig quick, bunking out quick, you know, getting getting on scene in a safe and quick manner, being smooth. That's what mm-hmm. it's all about. And the better you are at your job, the smoother you can be. So that's the first part, start call smooth. But the second part, and it's very applicable to what we're talking about, finish call strong. Mm-hmm. It's not just customer service and taking care of grandma or or grandpa's family after we just had an EMS call, whether it be a, a, a real deal emergency where we're beating on their chest or whether it's just a, somebody lost a fight with gravity and we're helping them back into the couch. <laughs> no matter what one we're talking about, finishing call strong is taking care of the person that we're here for. Yep. And then the other part of it is when, when that call is over, and, and Chris alluded to this earlier, when that call is over, taking the time in the in the front yard to discuss the floor plan, to discuss the tactics you would use, to discuss the the man trap that you noticed that no one else noticed, to discuss the the conditions that you said, hey, did you see the conditions, you know, back there? It looks like it's a pre-hoarder house and and things like that. And just taking the times to finish the call strong. Right. And that's taking advantage of being in your own district. But I'm a, I'm a huge fan of the power of language and and how, how big of a profound effect it has on culture. Mm-hmm. And And when you get that when you get that buy-in just a little bit, it's powerful the effect it has because I could tell them all day long, you're going to know building construction. But if I can get them to go out and work hard to do a presentation on it, man, I'm so far ahead of the game. Absolutely. my uh, Actually, my last day at work, our deputy chief kind of came in and gave us a little – it was a, a call that was kind of rough, and so he gave us a little pep talk. And uh, I was on overtime, so it was a different crew, but – you know, he not not as eloquently, he said the same thing, right? But the end of his thing was take care of each other, whether it's on the call yes. and someone steps up and says, hey, slow down. You know, he's like the officer that's the guy that's riding the seat, a little overwhelmed with the fire. The senior guy comes up and says, I'm pulling the line. They're taking care of each other, right? But that's also at the end of the call, doing what you just said, paying att- taking two minutes to point out something you saw in the building. That's still taking care of each other, right? And that's all kind of part of it at the end of the day. So I like that. Love it. But, Love it. Um, so wrapping up here, I think this was an amazing discussion. Really appreciate your time in here today. Uh, again, most people know who you are. You've got a pretty big social media presence, an awesome podcast and everything out there that you're doing, but do you mind sharing that, uh, link or whatever, uh, whatever your usernames that people can find you online. If they have more questions, they want to check out the firehouse vigilance, if they haven't seen it yet, all that. Absolutely. Firehousevigilance.com is where you can find everything. Uh, firehousevigilance.com we're on all the socials Uh, I post I try to post every day at least but uh, the firehousevigilance at gmail.com if you want to email me specifically to give me any sort of ask me a question uh, throw something at me whatever but yeah mainly the socials are the the best way Facebook firehousevigilance.com Instagram firehousevigilance.com X I guess it's called now I don't know if anybody still does I still call it Twitter I can't I can't call it that but uh me too uh you'll be at FDIC right Yes. Well, and what's your class called again? I'm sorry. This one's down and dirty fireground decision making. I keep submitting different classes, but they keep taking that one, which I'm not complaining about. Right. Yeah. No, not at all. So, yeah, for all the listeners, if you want to see him in person, definitely check him out at FDIC. 
and his podcast. And in that one, I even talked about Lexi and Find the Beef, Find the Voice. Hey, there you go. And, and that's something to say, you know, we, we, we appreciate it. You you giving us a platform early on, back in the way backs, you know. In the, yeah, in we, the, I think we still in, owe you an the, article. In the, in the 2018s, back in the way backs, you know, uh, um, people don't know. I don't think a lot of people realize yeah, that. Yeah, you, you, you were one of the first. And, and you're, the way you edited and threw out our, our, our articles was awesome, by the way. Like, you were... You were you were great before the show. Yeah, so. we we gave no, you and, an article that like was you know basically a word document, and you made it pretty and put, yeah. it, and put it out. And yeah, so we owe you a lot for that for sure. No, so. and people need to find. I don't know where you can still find it because the Russian hackers took down the original site. Oh, awesome. I had to re, I had to rebuild. <laughs> I say Rush. I don't know who did it, but it definitely got hacked and taken down. But. uh Long story short, if you can find the Main Street firefighting articles, they are yeah. phenomenal, man. That's Those awesome. belong in textbooks. I don't. You guys need to publish them somewhere else so that they're out there. Yeah, that... yeah we still got we still got one to, one left to do. We still yeah. we're still the one last on the, one. I don't fit... think ever made it out. Yeah, no, we're no, still, no. We're work we, in progress. We talk about that all the time because we, we you know <laughs> you know how it is. Like you have like fifty projects right in the background, right? And, and it's not like you've had anything else happen. No, no not, not at nothing, all. Nothing not at all. Right? Yeah, you probably hear it running around in the background. But yeah, we talk about that frequently. We're like, man, we need to that last article and then you know it just still sits there with the title so we'll get there eventually but yeah so it's awesome anyways we again we appreciate your time uh on this holiday weekend we hope you have a great christmas i'm sure we'll be talking to you before then but you stay safe you guys also thank you for this thanks again for tuning in to another episode of main street firefighting a podcast by fire engineering we hope it was worth your time as always if you have questions or a topic you'd like to discuss please reach out until then stay safe and have a good night The Fire Store, equipping protectors with passion. Every decision the Fire Store makes as a company is about its customers. As the holiday season has quickly approached, explore a wide selection of unique and practical gifts at the Fire Store's gift center. Find the perfect presence for firefighters, EMTs, and first responders today. The Fire Store's goal is to get you the gear you need when you need it at prices you can afford. Visit thefirestore.com for everything but the truck and shop its family of brands including Streamlight, MSA, Lion, Fleer, and more.